Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. Well, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians 15 chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians 15. This is a very familiar text of Scripture. We're going to bring some things out this morning, and I pray you came to learn. I pray you came ready to receive, because the Lord never disappoints. He never, ever disappoints. Praise the Lord. We thank God for all of our visitors this morning, all of our members, visitors, saints, and friends. God bless you. It's good having all of you in the house today. Just relax. You're at home. You're at home. 1 Corinthians 15, let's get right to it. Verse number 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also I have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you. Unless ye have believed in vain. Verse number three. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our what? Christ died for our sins. Say with me. Christ died for our sins. All right. If anyone ever asks you, well, why did Jesus hang on the cross in the first place? Why did he have to die? He did it for our sins. Notice the word of God does not say he died for our sin, but he died for our sins. There's a difference. If it said he died for our sin, that would be talking about the original sin, uh, the the Adamic sin, Adam and Eve and all of that. When man originally fell. But because it says he died for our sins, it encompasses that in every other sin that you'll commit. He died for our sins. Are you with me? Say he died for my sins. Now turn to your neighbor and tell him he died for your sins. Are you with me? Why did such a good man have to die? Well, he died for our, according to the scriptures. Verse 4, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, the what day? The third day, according to the scriptures. Now, someone asked the question, well, if he died for our sins, why did he have to get up? What was the need for the resurrection? If his death dealt with our sins, well, then why did he need to rise again? Good question. We're going to see that today. Go to Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter. If his death was for our sins or in his death, uh, we receive forgiveness of sins. Well, why in the world did he get up? Are you with me? 
I wonder if somebody ever asked that question before, had that question asked to them. Why did he need to get up? Why did he need to get up? Why, was the, why is there such a hold to do about resurrection? Why, why was it possible? Why was it needed? Look at um, Romans, the fourth chapter. Are you there? Let me get it as well. Praise the Lord. We're so excited today. Romans, the fourth chapter. And let's look at just a few verses here. Uh, we'll look at verse 18, 19, 20. We'll go on. Are you ready? Let's start at verse 19. It says, In being not weak in faith, talking about Abraham, he considered not his own body now dead when he was an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded that uh, what he had promised, he was able also to perform, verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now we're really looking from here from 23, 24, and 25. Stay with us. 23 says, Now it was not written for his sake only that it was imputed to him, but for us also, say it was for us too. By Abraham's faith he received righteousness. By your faith, you also receive righteousness. Are you with me? Not just for his sake, but say for mine too. All right. Goes on to say, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. If you believe on him, believe on God the Father that raised up Jesus from the dead. If you believe. That is, if you have faith in his power to resurrect the Lord, faith in him, you're going to be saved. Now, look at verse 25. The question was, again, what, why was it so important that Jesus got up from the dead? Why was it so important? What was the big deal about resurrection anyway? We say, you know, it's Easter. It's time to boil some eggs. It's important to have Easter so we can boil eggs. So this says they say it on the video so we can go on spring break and things of this nature. But for the Christian, for the true believer, the ones who have been enlightened, why was it important that Jesus get up? Well, well, the next verse answers that question, verse 25. Can we read that together? It says, who was delivered for our offenses. Now, we just read that part, right? Did we just read that? He was delivered for our offenses. He was put on that cross for our what? Sins, Right? Says same thing here. Who was delivered for our offenses and was what? Raised again for what? For our justification. Hallelujah. His death dealt with our sin and he was raised up for our justification. Now, what is justification? Let's talk about that for a moment. Justification is the act of God declaring men free from guilt. And declaring them acceptable in his presence. It is if you go into a courtroom and you know you committed the crime. You know you did it. And they haul you into courtroom because you have a, you know, you're in a Walmart store. And uh, they have a, a display of candy, of candy bar, of chocolates, of chocolate everywhere. And there's nobody around that section but you. And there are several candy bars missing. 
And you say, I didn't do it, but there's chocolate all around your mouth, chocolate on your fingertips, and you say, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. They look at the evidence, you know you're guilty, they can see you guilty, and they haul you into court, and you stand before the judge, they put your face in a newspaper as the chocolate burglar, as or the chocolate, <laughs> chocolate thief. Everybody knows you're guilty. There's, there's no point in denying it. There's no point calling CSI in, forensics and all that stuff. No point. You know you're guilty. But if the judge declares you just, then what that does, he removes the guilt. He throws your case out of court. And you go free. Are you with me? Justification has nothing to do with how good you have been. Are you with me? Or how bad you have been. It has very little to do with you, but a whole lot to do with him. Remember, the Lord Jesus died. He gave his life for us while we were yet sinners. So it has very little to do with us, but everything to do with him. So once again, he was delivered for our, in this verse, delivered for our offenses or our sins. And he got up again. It was important that he got up for our what? Justification. If we weren't justified, we wouldn't be acceptable in the presence of God. And where does God dwell? He dwells in heaven, in heavenly places. And you don't want to be eternally separate from him. So if we're not acceptable in his presence, we can't stay with him. We can't go to his house. Are you with me? Now, if I got white carpets all on my floor and my house is clean, if I even have that, that plastic on my furniture, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, plastic on my furniture, and if you've been outside playing in the mud, you have mud on your shoes and mud all on your, I'm not going to want you to come in my house. I don't want you to mess up my carpet. First, you got to become acceptable. You got to become acceptable. Use that water hose out there and clean yourself up first. Right? Go into the backyard there, to the little outhouse there, and go change clothes, take a shower. Then I see you nice and clean. Then you are acceptable to come into my presence, to come into my home, right? See, the problem was we were dirty in sin. God wanted us to come into his house. He wanted us to come into his presence. He didn't want us to be separate. But we were so dirty, filthy, and nasty with sin and other things, we couldn't come in. So he had to send his son. You know, he had to send his son to clean us up. So here's the Lord outside with us, cleaning us off so we can get ready to come in the house. Hallelujah. Are you with me? But he not only cleaned us up, he also gave us his clothes, his righteousness. Your clothes are bad. Put them away. Take a shower. Put my clothes on. Go in. He'll accept you now. We're accepted into God's presence because of what Jesus has done. It's not of works, but it is of faith. Don't let the enemy pull you into works. You see, some people say uh, that they go out and they witness or they knock on doors so that they can be saved. But listen, there's a difference. We go out and witness because we are saved. You with me? Religion says, there's a difference between religion and relationship. Religion says, if you do everything right, if you, can li if you live right, live right the best the best you can if you do everything just right you'll eventually get to God religion tries to take you to God 
Hear me. There's a difference. Religion tries to take you to God through your own sacrifice. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do that, then you can get to him. That's what religion says. But Christianity says that God came down to you while you were still in your mess. Are you with me? While you were still in your mess and he is the one helping you to clean it up. And because he is coming in our heart, we begin to act a different way. Go to John, the third chapter. Let's look at John, the third chapter before we go further. God, Christianity says God has come down to us. Religion says you have to go to God. Are you with me? Christianity says, the Lord says, I will help you clean your stuff up. Religion says, you clean yourself up, and then you can go. Are you with me? Do we understand that? There's a difference. One is of works, and one is of faith. Hallelujah. I do not live right, or attempt to live right, or try to live right, so that I can be holy. Because I am holy, I live right. Are you with me? Now, who has made me holy? It definitely wasn't me. It was him. And because he's on the inside of me, that makes me holy. And because of that, because of his holiness revealed in me, I agree with his spirit on the inside not to do this, that, and the other. Although in my flesh, I really want to do this, that, and the other. Are you with me? See, the only time we sin is when the devil puts your eyes out. Understand it. Only time we really commit sins, if you're a born-again believer, and I know there are some here that are not born again, but stay with me. If you're a born-again believer, the only time you commit a sin is when the devil puts your eyes out. That is when he, when he uh, blinds you to who you really are. When he takes away your identity, who you are. I guarantee you, I'm a whole lot less likely to sin in a place where people call me pastor every five minutes, pastor, 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 pastor. They're reminding me of who I am. Right? What do people do when they want to sin? They try to go away. Right? Go into darkness where people can't see me. Like a little child, they can't see me now. I'm invisible. I'm invisible. But what you don't realize, we all see. Are you with me? But here again, the point is, the whole point of the matter is that the Lord has given us power over sin. And now if a born-again believer sins, it is really because you want to. It is not a forcing. Before you gave your life to the Lord Jesus, sin took you over. You were a servant of sin. We served sin. We were a servant to the impulses of our flesh. But now, after you've received the Lord Jesus, if you have truly received him, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And we sin as if it were with open eyes. I can't get a lot of talking here today. 
Can't get a lot of talk. We know exactly what it is. But here again, the enemy tries to blind you. To, he tries to put out of your remembrance who you are. But when you remember who you are, when you remember who's depending on you, these things keep all that at bay, keeps it back. Are you with me? Anybody get anything out of this so far? All right, again, John 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why did he have to get up? John, the third chapter, verse number 5, rather, verse number 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto, the, unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be one, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, it is impossible for you to be born again without a death. You can't be born again unless you die. And you can't have the again without a resurrection. Being born again talks about resurrection. If you are born again, that means that the old you has died. And when Christ came in your life, he brought forth new life. There was a resurrection. New life came out of the grave. Are you with me? That's the whole thing about water baptism. Symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. And unless we are born again, unless we receive, or unless we believe in the Lord's resurrection, you can't be born again. If you don't believe in resurrection, you can't receive a born again experience. Now, there are two types of Christians. Please hear me. It won't be before you long. But there are two types of Christians. One, that say they are Christians. And they say that because they're, they are they more adhere to the philosophies or the doctrine of the Christian faith. So they mentally assent to the doctrine or the religion, they say, of Christianity because it more it, it fits with their values or belief system. They don't have a conversion experience. They don't have a born-again experience. They just like coming to church. Are you with me? That's pretty much all there is to them. But then there is the true believer. One that has received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the Lord has come in and they've had a supernatural experience with God that changes their life. They know I used to do that. But they look back and say, I don't know when I, I stopped doing that. I don't know why they, they, they can't imagine, they can't think of how did they stop doing that? How did that desire go from them? Well, it wasn't you, obviously. It was the Spirit of God within. These are some of the signs of a true conversion. Hallelujah. If you're just assenting to the Christian religion, you can come to church on Sunday and sin up Monday through Saturday Boogie down in the club on Saturday. No problem. Just come into church. Clean yourself up. No problem. No guilt. No remorse. But if you're truly born again, born of God, you can't go back to that and stay in that. You realize, oh, this stuff is filthy. I can't. 
I can't stay in here. I can't. I got to go. I got to go. Because something has changed on the inside of you. I told you about some of you that were here about part of my testimony. When I was, um, you know, my father was a policeman. He retired a lieutenant in the Atlanta Police Department, uh, detective there. And uh, I lived somewhat of a sheltered life. My dad wouldn't let me get out. Well, he didn't lock my door and all that. Let me rephrase that. He wouldn't let me stay out late. Even to I, when I was at home, I was in college there. Still had a curfew. He had to come home by 11, 12 o'clock. Had a curfew. My dad knew what was out there. I said, praise the Lord. When I finally got old enough, got my own place. Uh, about, I think I was 19, 20. Uh, 20, had my own place. Had my own car. You know, I thought, I'm going to go. No, I was 21, I remember. My 21st birthday. I said, I'm going to go out. I got my own place, got my own money, got my own car. I'm paying my own way. I'm going to go to a club. Never been to a club before. I said, I'm going to go to a club. I'm going to see what all this stuff talked about. I've heard people talked about in some of my classes there. Go here, go there. They seem to have such a wonderful time. Now, here again, I am born again. I am saved. But this was a temptation. I thought that I had missed out on something over there. So I said, Lord, <laughs> I knew I was doing wrong. Sin with open eyes. You with me? But there was this pull, and I, I didn't fully resist it. But let me go on with you. And so... I got all dressed up, got all sprayed, had the cologne on, went down there. You know how I was saying. Got into the place before the people, and I instantly knew this was not for me. Now, it may have worked before I was born again, before I was saved, before my spirit man had changed. But because I was a new creature, I was light coming in the midst of darkness I knew this wasn't going to work. Some relationships, you know, from the beginning, this is not going to work. Walked in there. I'd even paid the man to get in the place. I forgot how much money it was. Gave it to him. Showed him my ID. Walked inside. Took a few steps inside. Stopped. Looked around. Oh, boy. And walked back out of there. This is not for me. Now, why, do, why, why did I mention that? Because even being a born-again believer, even when you are tempted to go astray, if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, he always pulls you back. He always pulls you back. You feel the inward witness telling you, scratching on the inside, oh, this is not it. That's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. If they're properly trained up in the ways of the Lord, when they're old, when they become more mature, age is sometimes a symbol of maturity, you know, the Lord will pull you back. He'll, you'll, there'll be that inward leading, the inward witness telling you this is not of God. You'll always know what is and what is not. Are you with me, everybody? So you can't have a born-again experience Unless there was a resurrection. And how do you know that there was a resurrection? That's another question. How do you know that Jesus got up from the dead? You say, well, I saw it on the History Channel. Well, that's not going to cut it. How do you know that Jesus raised from the, was, was risen from, has risen from the dead? Well, you say, I read it in the Bible. Okay, that's good. It's a good place to start. But that's not going to cut it. That you don't stay there because it's written in the book. 
no matter what book it is, even this holy book. You say, I believe that Jesus raised, uh, was, was uh, risen on the third day because my pastor said so. That's good, but you don't stay there because so much other stuff can happen. Hallelujah. Well, how do you know Jesus got up from the dead? Because I received him as my Lord and Savior and my life has changed. I'm a changed man. I'm new. All that is passed away. I used to cuss. No, some people would say I used to cuss, 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 cuss. But now it doesn't even feel right to cuss anymore. They say 15 years ago, if you taught me like that, I would have slapped. I would have slapped you in the next week. But now I can't do that anymore. Why? My desire has changed. Something has changed on the inside of me. This is a supernatural act. This is a true conversion. People can pray a prayer, a short prayer of salvation, say, God, come in. But I wonder how many actually have a true conversion. There's a difference, Brother Ron. There's a difference. People can say words. Will they, do they truly believe and have a true conversion? All right, let's go now to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And you can't be born again unless you receive the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior, unless you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. Are you with me, everybody? Hold your finger there. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. We didn't finish there. 1 Corinthians 5th chapter, 15th. We're going to get further into this. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 4 says again, And that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Of course, he goes on down. He was seen by many people, and they saw him, and they believed. Uh, we know Thomas doubted whether the Lord was really raised from the dead. Other disciples saw the Lord. They believed. He said, unless I see, I'm not going to believe. But the Lord said, blessed are they who have not seen but believe. Amen. All right, verse 12. It says, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching what? Vain. And your faith is also what? If Christ didn't get up from the dead, we're all sitting here wasting our time. All the Sundays you came to church, all the Bible studies, if he didn't get up, you wasted your time. Vain, vanity, it means nothing. You say, well, okay, what's the meaning of resurrection? Why is it so important? Because upon the resurrection hangs, I mean, hangs Christianity. If he didn't get up, there would be no power for you to defeat your enemies. If he didn't get up, our preaching is in vain. Your Bible studies is in vain. That means it is all a lie. Why is it so important? Let's look. Verse 14 it says again, and if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Yea, and ye are false witnesses of God because rather than we are false witnesses of God, 
because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead raised not. Verse 16. For if the dead, if the dead raised not, then is not Christ raised. Look at verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Now, what does that imply? He said, if Christ didn't get up, if he wasn't resurrected, you are still dead in your sin. Listen to what it says. If Christ didn't get up, you are still dead in your sins. But what if Christ got up? That means I'm no longer in my sins. I'm alive and I'm no longer a servant of sin. Understand, one of the most powerful things of the resurrection is that the Lord broke the power of that sin nature over our lives. He broke the power of sin. We're no longer servants of sin unless you want to be. Can't get a lot of talk today. Verse 18 says, Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If there's no resurrection, Granny, Paul, Mom, Dad, Cousin, Joe, those that came to church quite well, those that said they were saved, if there be no resurrection, they're just perishing there, just dust. Some ask the question, well, why is the resurrection so important again? Well, we're telling you, aren't we? Let's go on. Verse number 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. If in this life, if the power of the resurrection, if the power of Christ does not go with us into the, onto the other side, if we only have hope in Christ in this, we're miserable. The resurrection is the power of God that takes us out of this life onto the other side. Because of what the Lord Jesus has done, he said, those that believe in him, though they were dead, yet shall they live. We have life. Because of his resurrection, we have life. And you are assured, if we go to sleep, if we die, we are assured, because of his resurrection, we are assured that that's not the end. You are assured that that's not the end because he got up. If Jesus did not rise from the grave the third day, we would stay down. But because he did, we shall rise with him. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Verse 20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that sleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the what? The resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, because of what Adam did, all die. Even so in Christ shall all be made what? Alive. Because he got up. Because he rose. Look at John the 12th chapter. John the 12th chapter. Let me stick my thermometer and see if, uh, if the meat's ready. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Okay. Checking the temperature, Brother Larry. John 12. Let's look at two verses here. Are you there? Let's look at verse 31 and 32. 
verse 31 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Verse 32, very familiar. Let's read it together. Ready? Let's read. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Question. Are people being drawn to the Lord Jesus today? Were you drawn to the Lord Jesus today? Were you drawn to Jesus? Another question. Can a dead man draw people? He can't draw people. Not even with a pencil. Dead men can't draw anybody. Can't pull anybody to themselves. Only one that is living. Right? He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up. Now, of course, this is several levels. One, this is talking about when, uh, when Moses was in the wilderness with the serpent on the pole. And they lift up, lifted up the serpent that was on the pole. They look with eyes of faith. They would be immediately healed from the snake bite. He lifted it up. And if you look up to that, to that serpent on the pole, you be healed. But also, this is talking about the resurrection. If I be lifted up from the earth, third day, boom. If I am able to defeat hell, death, and the grave, boom. If I be lifted up from the earth, when I get up there, boys, I'm going to begin to draw all men unto me. Are you with me? Did Jesus get up? Yes. How do I know that? Because he's drawn me. And even when I am in sin, he still draws me. He pulls me closer into his presence. He's still drawing today. And even right now in this place, there are some of you that God is now drawing. Proof once again of the resurrection. Understand the born again spirit. I want you to understand this. And we talked about sin. The born again spirit cannot continue in sin. You can't continue in it. You can't practice it. The word continue means to practice. You can't practice it. You can't do it again and again and again and again. It's not possible if you're born again. It's not possible. Because if you are born of God, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit is then nudging you. He's working with you. He's helping you. He's restoring you. You can't continue in it. He continues to draw you to himself. And he is holy. And every time he draws, we become more and more like him and less and less like the world. Some of you can tell us of your born again experiences. I remember at a very young age when I was in a uh, it was a Baptist church up uh, in Atlanta when they had an altar call. I didn't know about salvation, any of that. Uh, But all I knew is that I was sitting in the pew and I had my hands on the pew in front of me. And I was gripping that thing for dear life. I could feel the drawing power. And I wasn't going to go nowhere. I was gripping. You could probably still see my fingerprint, my nail prints in that chair today. I don't know. I had my hands in it. And I wasn't going to go. I felt it. I felt it. But I was looking left, looking right. Oh, I'm not going. I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going. I'm not going. 
Then all of a sudden I realized that I was standing in the front. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea how I got down there. All I knew I was holding on and I'm back. Oh, Lord. He drew me to himself. And how do we know if God is, how do we know that Jesus got up? He's still drawing people to himself. So that when you go out and tell others about him, understand, he's drawing. They can grab on the back of their seats all they want to. But here's life calling. Life is calling. Deliverance is calling. Hope is calling. Wellness is calling. Deliverance is calling. And we want these things. We know we need these things. And he's pulling us to him. He's pulling us to him. We're almost done. We're almost done. Let's go to 2 Corinthians now. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We're in 1 Corinthians, but we're now in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. So many wonderful things. We're not saved by works. At least any man should boast. But we're saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith through what he has done. Is it simple enough for you? I think it's simple. 2 Corinthians, last scripture we'll look at today. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We'll start at verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live, rather, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Talking about Jesus. Another aspect of the born again experience. If you're truly born again, if you're truly born again, if you've truly been had a born, born again experience, a supernatural experience, you no longer want to live for you, but you want to please the Lord. I find that in the life of every born again believer, they want to please God. They don't live for themselves. When they were in the world without Christ, they lived for themselves, right? We did the stuff that brought us pleasure. And sometimes, no matter who it hurt or how it hurt, we wanted to please ourselves. But when we became saved, when we gave the Lord Jesus our life, we believed in this death, burial, and resurrection. We had faith in what he did on the cross and faith that he did, in fact, get up the third day and is alive forevermore. Now our inward desires have changed once more, but now they are toward him. Do I have any witnesses in here today? I don't know. If you're born in, can you say that your desires have changed and you want to please him? I want to please the Lord. I want to be pleasing in his sight. Give yourself another check mark, another indication that you are truly indeed born again. All right. Let's look at verse 16. What's, you know, it's kind of like looking in an owner's manual. You know, the Bible's like your owner's manual, right? You buy, you buy a new car, you don't know what it does. You start seeing buttons everywhere. And uh, you look at an owner's manual, you say, oh, that's what that's for. 
That's what that does. That's why I feel this way, Lord. I, I, I thought I wanted, I don't know why I wanted to do so much for you. I don't know why I want to serve you so much. I don't, I don't know why I just want to do my best for you. I don't know why I just want to please you. You look at the owner's manual. Oh, that's why. Because I'm born again. That's why. Say, but why doesn't he, why doesn't she do that? Why can they just come and, and they have, seem like they have no desire? Might not be born again. Are you with me? What verse do we stop on? Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are are become new. We'll stop there. He said, now we don't know anybody by the flesh anymore. Now, why is that important not to know each other by the flesh? Because if we grew up in the same town, in the same area, he say, I know you. I know what you used to do. I know you. I know you. I know what you do. I know. I know. That's why they say, hey, we don't know any man by the flesh. Because the flesh is wrong. Flesh is old man. We look for the new man. We look for the new man in Christ. We're new now. We're new. We're new. We're new. If we all grew up together, knew about all of our past, I knew you when you were, yeah, you know me by the flesh, but God said, don't know me by the flesh anymore. I'm changed. I'm new in Christ. And this is good news. This is also the power of the resurrection. Because even though I have the same body, I'm a different person on the inside. Hallelujah. You go around your family members and friends, they say, I know something changed in you because, you know, I, I knew you and you changed. What happened? What happened? You, you changed. What happened? Why, why you don't want to fire up, fire up? Fire up one of them joints again. What, what happened with you? You changed. Why you want to go to the club no more? You just don't have no desire to go anymore. You changed. You changed. What got into you? The Holy Ghost. I'm saved now. And it's not that you don't want to spend time with your friends. You want to spend time with your friends. You want to spend time with your friends. You want to, you want to love on them. But those activities aren't a part of you anymore. Now you got to know, listen, let's think as intelligent people, as intelligent people, we used to like to do that. We testified and said we have fun doing it. I can't get no, anybody testified. We said we had a lot of fun doing it. But when we gave our lives to the Lord, that old man died. And now, uh, I don't want to do that anymore. They say, well, what happened to you? I got born again. The proof of born again experience that your life changes, which is also proof of the resurrection of Christ. I pray you got something out of the word of God today. We're done.
Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org. 